Right, welcome back to the podcast, the Stephen Sully Study. We're here in Mayfair. I've got a wicked guest in front of me, Big John. Thank you very much for your time. And also to your lovely, what a lovely wife. I know she doesn't want to be included, but I'm going to include you just a little bit. She always wants to be included. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for your time. I'm really looking forward to this podcast, mate. Steve, can't, can't believe you just showed me around the building. Mayfair, wonderful place and honoured to be on it. So thank you very much. I was going to ask you, actually, I'm not here to uh, sort of big up the, the, the gallery and, and even, uh, you know, try and promote it on this podcast. But what did you think of the artwork? What did you think of the, the surroundings? Taken aback, I couldn't believe it. I didn't, I didn't, I, I knew you said we was in Mayfair, I thought it'd just be a nice office, but you come in, it's a proper house, unbelievable. And the art, it just you know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit and say I'm a massive art fan, I'm not, but when you see what we've just seen on the walls, it does take your breath away. So, you know, just unreal, unreal. You need to watch the Shadow Man documentary. I'll, I'll, I'll send you a message, it's on Amazon Prime, you'll be absolutely I'm blown away. Watch that. After what you've said, I'm going to be intrigued. So I, I've, over the years, I've read books. So first and foremost, I'm a salesperson, and then I found myself getting into business, made a load of mistakes, and here I am today, um, still learning. Um, and I try and get a bit of wisdom from other people by listening to podcasts, by listening to business people, athletes, hence why I got your son on, uh, Johnny yeah. Fisher. And I read a book, now don't criticize me here, but it was by Donald Trump, and this is what he said. Treat your business life very seriously, but don't take yourself personally too seriously. Yeah. And when I read that, I actually thought with you. I thought with you guys, because Johnny Fisher, your son, and I know with your mindset to, to, towards boxing and his career and all, all your family, you obviously take that very, very seriously. You can see that when your son gets in the ring, he's a dominant force and he's definitely going to be one that is going to be pushing for that world title over the next few years. But when it comes down to TikTok, social media, and basically just your general day-to-day, -day, you know, banter with each other, you don't take yourself too seriously. And I think a lot of us can learn from that. Is that how you live your life? Listen, I've always lived my life like that. It's just the last year or so, other people have started taking an interest in what I do with my family, obviously purely because of Johnny first and foremost. But I've always been, listen, life's, life's hard. Life's hard for everybody. We've all had ups, we've all had downs. But if you can't have a laugh along the way, there's no point, you know? And I think you're better off to have a laugh, take the mickey, be able to take the mickey out yourself, especially with your loved ones, you know? Uh, is a word that's used a lot lately, but a lot of it definitely goes on in our household. I, 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 I totally believe that. And I think if, uh, I think we're living in a bit of a world today, and I'm going to get onto this about TikTok, social media, and I'm old enough to remember when, I'm 36, when social media wasn't a thing. There was no yeah. podcast, there was no Instagram. Yeah. There was not really even the use of the internet that much yeah. to communicate with each other. There was just well, yeah. websites and stuff. Yeah. And I'm still torn between, did I prefer life before or now? And there's pros and cons to both, which we'll get onto. But I think today we are in a bit of a snowflake era. I think a lot of people could take their self way too seriously. They get offended way too easily. And I think the moment you say one thing, which is slightly out of line, it's blown up and taken out of context. Would you agree with that? I agree. Listen, people can make mistakes. People make mistakes in life every day, every month. But it seems if you say the wrong thing, that's it. You're yeah. cut off totally. So, so you're not really getting the true person because they can't be who they are. Yeah. Listen, I'm not, I'm not saying it's okay to offend people and and say things, you know, too bad, but you should be able to express who you are. So then people know who you are rather than trying to be saying you're not all the time. But 
I obviously remember the times before social media and, and I try and tell my kids sometimes, you know, it was a better time, but they're, they're growing up in this time. So yeah. you've, got to, you've got to adapt to what you're growing up in. Definitely. Uh, switching to TikTok, 5.8 million views on one video where you're basically ordering the Chinese. You've got 380,000 roughly uh, followers on there. John, can I actually have the honours and hear you order a Chinese? <laughs> that Chinese was after Johnny's last fight, by the way, and people <laughs> were waiting for it. Um, right, shredded chicken charming, uh, special fried rice, egg fried rice, sweet and sour chicken Hong Kong style, sweet and sour chicken balls, sweet and sour prawn balls. Salt oh. and chili king prawn and here we are. Look. Yes. Oh my god. I can't believe yeah. this. This is brilliant. So you just ordered the Chinese and it just turned up. That is mental. Do you know what? We're, we're having dinner after as well, but I think <laughs> I think we'll have uh, she's starving as well, my wife. I look, cannot so. believe it. Let's see what we've got inside. Let's have a look. Who's gonna open it? You gonna open it or yeah, look, I'll put that. Nearly drop that then. Look at this. Bloody hell. Look at that, curry sauce. Got curry sauce. Oh, I love curry sauce. Sweet and sour sauce. It's all spilling everywhere, by the way. We've got uh, egg fried rice. A nice chow mein. People have a go at me for saying chow mein, but that's the way I've always said it. I call it chow mein. Yeah, but that is probably a normal way of saying it. But it's, probably, it's probably the South Londoners' way of saying special it. Special fried rice. Looks like we've got a beef in black bean. Sweet and sour chicken Hong Kong style or sweet and sour pork Hong Kong style. Oh, look at that. It looks like a salt and chili chicken. That looks delicious. Yeah. And I'm hoping prawn crackers. Prawn crackers. Bosh. <laughs> <laughs> look at that. You should get yourself a plate and have some of this. <laughs> Definitely. Um, this is torture, you know, sitting out in front of me and not being able to eat it. Um, look, it's, that wasn't me. There's a little bit of spinach that, in the that, that, That's all right. That's all right. So, uh, okay. So how did this whole kind of you know, this whole Chinese ordering becomes such a TikTok and internet sensation? It's a good it's a good question because I think, I remember once we was up in uh, Wapping. Yeah, we was up in uh, Wapping and uh, we had a meal and then we went in the prospect of Whitby. My dad, God rest his soul, used to drink in there as a young man. And uh, we obviously had a few too much to drink, went back to our house with, with friends. Steve Potts used to play for West Ham. Right. His family, good friends with us. Went back to our house, and although we'd already had an Italian meal, we got a Chinese. And then I just come in with a box going, who wants an effing Chinese? And I think it had about three million views. And since then, people have, can we see your Chinese? Can we see your Chinese? Can you see? And I've, I've had Chinese every week, probably for the last 30 years, you know? So um, it's, just, it's just crazy. Every time we do a Chinese video, it just gets millions and millions of views. And is it fair to say that you just know... Because I, I listened to one of the podcasts earlier from Josh uh, James. Yeah. Shout out to him. Yeah. I haven't actually met Josh him. Josh a good bloke. He's Me a and good him bloke. have spoken a few times over social media. And do you know what? I like everything about him. He's a top I bloke. I think he's uh, I think he's very funny. I think he's very witty. I think he's. I think the future for him is very, very bright. And he asked you some very good questions. And he asked you where you get your Chinese from. And you gave a couple of different, different answers to restaurants and yeah. et cetera. Um, but... <laughs> You know, you must know the the whole list off by heart now. Listen, someone said this to me on Instagram the other day, you need to change your order up. But I've I've tried everything and anything on the Chinese, basically. I know what I like. 
And when I order it, it's for my family. It's not just for me. People think it's all for me, but it is for the family. Yeah, I do know, I do know quite a lot of things, but every now and again, people send something to me and say, look, try this, try that. So I am open to trying new things if I haven't tried it, but I always go for tried and tested, and I think most people do when they order a Chinese. Okay, so let's go for your top 10 most favourite things. If, if we said we're going to absolutely disintegrate off of every single menu around the world everything by the top 10 what would that be what any food or just Chinese 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 right um, Kung Po prawn my favourite salt and chilli king prawn uh, aromatic duck you know when you get the duck pancakes um, barbecue spare ribs roast pork Chinese style sweet and sour chicken balls sweet and sour prawn balls sweet and sour pork Hong Kong style I love that Singapore rice noodle and you're, uh, either a charming or a rice Nice, nice. I've got to have a bit of variation. You, you definitely do. Um, I'm going to throw something into a bit of a curveball. I don't know if anyone's ever asked you this. Would you ever go vegan? No. Why? I love my food too much. I love my meat too much. No, nothing against people to go vegan. Everyone's free to do what they want, but I think I'd rather die than go vegan. <laughs> All right, <laughs> cool. Um, and bar Chinese, what is your favourite food? Uh, I like a right. I'm not a lot of roast dinner. Charlotte cooks a lovely roast dinner on a Sunday. Um, fast food. It's a good question. I like fish and chips. Um, I like an Indian, but I think sometimes like KFC fried chicken. I do like a bit of fried chicken, chicken burger, things like that. Chicken and ribs. Yeah, lovely. So I've been following you for some time ever since. Basically, I've, I, I interviewed your son uh, Johnny Fisher, and I want to talk about your, you know, your your view on his career and where he's heading and everything. Like from a father's uh, yeah. father standpoint, um, you know, you're making a lot of PAs, you know, private appearances, um, and it just seems like I'm going to quote what you said. I'm a normal fella that. He's just basically gone fairly big on TikTok now and you're just kind of going through the motions of it. I'm paraphrasing. You didn't say exactly that quote, but do you ever like look at it now and think, bloody hell, how did this all happen? Listen, I had this conversation with Johnny the other day. Johnny, Johnny's Johnny and hopefully he's going to get to the top, be in the top for a long while. But what I'm doing is just going to come and go. People like me at the minute, but it's not going to last forever. So we said we went to an appearance together and we said, you've got to enjoy this. You never know when it's going to be the last one. And I am a normal bloke. And the first time anyone ever asked me to do a personal appearance, big shout out to Fred Goodall, um, I thought he was taking a mickey. I put the phone down on him. I, I said, yeah, all right, mate. I thought he was having a wind-up. Um, but he, he carried on, he carried on. Done the first one at Oxford for Oxford Uni. Um, and then it's just snowballed. He's just gone on. And I've already got like a lot of bookings for next year. Doing one on Christmas Eve, believe it or not. In, Beautiful. In Epsom as well. Yeah. Uh, so not far, you know, yeah. down in Surrey way. So it's just, it's just... It's still surreal. John has got me for saying the word surreal, but it, that's all I can say it as. Because when I, even when I'm on the stage and like you're meeting people, it still goes through you and you're thinking, why the hell do they want to meet me? Yeah. You know, and, and trust me, I meet a lot of people in this sort of thing and a lot of people, it goes to their head, but nothing's ever going to go to my head because I'm not a doctor, I'm not a sportsman, I'm not an actor. I'm just a fat bloke who eats Chinese and people like it. So as long as it lasts, it lasts. Um, when you've done the first one, like... How was the feeling? Because it must have felt like you've gone from a normal life. And look, I'm not saying you haven't got a normal life now, but yeah. you've got a profile, mate. It is. It's, it's, it is different, you know, but I'm, I'm still the same man, still go home. Everything's still the same. I still work. Um, but I'll, I'll say a little story. We was in Oxford. was in the Jury's Inn Hotel in Oxford. Um, first one, Fishy's event in Oxford at the bridge. 
And I went for a swim before and say, look after you. They give you like, go for a nice meal. Went for a Chinese before that. I had a swim in the hotel. And there was a lady in there, you're having a swim. And she said, oh, are you here on holiday? And I went, no. She said, what, what are you here for then in Oxford? I said, oh, I'm, I'm doing a personal appearance. Now, this is the first time I've ever done it. So it felt very strange. And she went, oh, are you famous? I went, no, no. I said, I'm not famous. I said, my son's quite famous. She went, well, what, what are you here for then? I said, I'm on TikTok. And she said, so what are you famous for on TikTok? I said, well, I eat Chinese. And it, it just felt so weird just to say that, you know, as a normal bloke that's got up four o'clock every morning my whole life to earn a living. And then there you are in Oxford, Oxford Uni students, you know, just because you're on TikTok. It's, it's a crazy world. It really is. Um, I heard a story as well that someone came over to you and asked for, you, asked for a picture and you assumed it was for your, your yeah. son. Yeah. Walk me through that, that for, uh, um, story. First time ever anyone's ever asked me for a photo. I was, I was in Cafe Royale. I can remember it like it was yesterday. Came out of Cafe Royale, going back to my van at work. Someone come running up, Big John, Big John, can I have a photo? Can I have a photo? I said, what, what do you want a photo of me for? Is it, uh, is it because of my son, Johnny? Because Johnny had just turned professional. They went, who's Johnny? I said, well, what do you want a photo for? They went, you're on TikTok. You're Big John. I went, am I? I didn't even know I was on TikTok. It's my son, Henry, putting me on, eating the Chinese and doing things. And then from there, it's just, you know, it's... it's it's good. I can go anywhere in the country and get recognised. But as I say, it's only going to last for so long. You know, you get these people, they think it goes to their head. You've got this, you've got that. Nothing goes to my head because as quick as it comes, it's going to go. So just enjoy it. What's the type of messages you get on, let's say, TikTok or social media now? I get a lot of messages. And even when I go to the appearances, for some reason, people say I cheer them up. A lot of people have been depressed or they've been and they watch my videos. I suppose it is light-hearted. You know, we're always, it's just a bit of fun what we do. Um, and if I can, if I can serve that purpose by making people's day a little bit better by just giving them a little bit of light-heartedness, then so be it. That's that's great. I do I do enjoy hearing their messages, and I do get quite a lot. Yeah, I know you're saying about you know it could be here today, gone tomorrow, and I think that's a really good sort of mentality to have in any profession because yeah. it, it keeps you focused, it keeps you accountable, it keeps you working really really hard. But the reality is, well, you've got such a big following now, you could pivot that following into a brand or into a business. Have you thought about anything like that? Yeah, listen, you know, at the end of the day, you, you obviously try and earn money where you can. I've, as I said, I've worked hard all my life. My cheese business has still got, but it's, it's struggling through COVID. A lot of people in the food game, they're struggling. So you're not going to, you're going to be a liar if you say you're not going to try and earn money elsewhere. You, you can, but it's finding the right thing. You know, I don't want people to think, oh, you're just doing things for money. That's not me. I'm not like that at all. But obviously, if Saint came along and we can do something sustainable to earn a living, because I've got to provide for my family, I've got a roof over my head, I've got a mortgage. So you've got to try and earn money, but the best way you can, without selling yourself down the river, without selling your soul. Definitely, definitely. Um, I know you said you're not an athlete, but am I right in saying when you were younger, you gave boxing a go? Tell me a bit more about your boxing career. Yeah, I'm not an athlete anymore, but there must have been one day. I used to be, I used to look like Johnny. You know, I've got the photos to prove it. My wife would back me up. I used to, I used to play football for Latin Orient up to the age of about 17 until they got rid of me. Um, I was a keen boxer. I only had about 11 amateur fights, won about seven, lost four. But I was always in shape. I never drank a pint of beer till I was 25 because of the sport. But then there must have been one day when it just all went out the window and it's uh, it's gone. But I am I am trying to work hard now. I go to the gym a couple of times a week. I've got David Lloyd, have a swim. I've got Danny at VIP. He's helping me. So I need I know I need to be a little bit healthier. You know, I, I'll always have my food. I'll always have a drink. But you've got to do things in moderation. 
Yeah, you do. And and I was going I was going to bring bring this up actually. Uh, and this is me being re- respectful and you've probably had a conversation yourself internally yeah. and also with your loved ones. Obviously the Chinese, I love a Chinese. I love yeah. Indian. I love fish yeah. and chips. I love having a beer. I love having a glass yeah. of wine. But I also I tell you I tell you what's hit me recently. I've had I'm 36, right? And when when I was in my 20s or younger, no, I didn't really know anyone that was dying. No. Family members, nan was, both of my nans were still alive. Yeah. But as I've grown older, this year, my uncle's died, my nan's died, my auntie just died on the weekend. There's been a couple of f- sort of Short loose tourism. friends yeah. that have died. And do you know what I started thinking? And it's, now I've got two kids myself. I'm like, I'm not invincible. You know, eventually that, that, that day will come. And I know the only way to delay that day is become fit. But at the same time, it's a paradox between keeping fit and eating well and healthy, but also going for the things that I really like. I mean, do you ever think about maybe your weight sometimes and thinking, you know what, is this, am I driving myself to an early grave? Listen, I do and I don't because even though I am overweight, I can, I'm still active. I still do a lot of things. Nothing's, my weight doesn't stop me doing anything I want to do, but that's not me being stupid saying, oh, it's all right to be fat. It's not. I'm not promoting that at all. But I think you've got to have a balance in life. As I said to you before, I wouldn't want to live if I didn't have any fun. I didn't have any enjoyment. I don't see the point of that. So you've got to find that balance. And that's what we're going to try and find now. You know, uh, it's December, November now, December tomorrow. In January, definitely going to start a few healthy things. Just, but still doing what we enjoy as well and what we love. But perhaps it's just gone a little bit too far for me. You know, where you've been doing, it's hard. I'll tell you a reason. And it's no excuse. Johnny, after Johnny has a fight, he goes and eats what he wants. So he's coming back 10 o'clock at night. I've already had my dinner. Yeah, Dad, do you want this? He don't mean it. He's just bringing it in for himself. So, and then I'll have two dinners. I've, I've had four, I've got four kids. I've always been, when we've been in a restaurant, if, you know, if they don't finish their dinners, I'll finish them because I don't like to see waste on food. You know, and that's, it's just a little bit gradually, 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 gradually. And before you know it, you, you got to put your jeans on, you can't put them on, you think, bloody hell. But I lost two and a half stone a couple of months ago. I put about a stone and a bit back on. So I know I can do it. It's just having that mindset to keep doing it. When you say you go to the gym then and you do exercise, what is your typical gym routine or, or exercise that you do? Right, we go at David Lloyd in Guinea Park and I use the swimming pool. I love swimming. Um, and we got a VIP HQ in Essex, Danny Lee there. He gets me on the pads. He gets me doing some weights and it really does work. When I have like three or four weeks in a row with Danny, I do feel a lot fitter. You get up, you can, you can do things. So I'm trying, you know, but I've got to try a little bit harder. Yeah. Um, so, uh, like I said, I love I love a beer, and I'm quite seasonal. Like over Christmas, a Guinness yeah. because it's cold. Lovely. A bit of red wine, whether yeah. roast dinner or your or your Christmas dinner, you can't beat it. And then no. a little bit of Bailey's to finish it off, Bailey's and probably port. a couple of little beers in between. Yeah. yeah. And then later on, in the, when it gets to the summer, have like the rosés, yeah, the white lovely. wines, and it's like a little bit lighter. I'm like very a, similar to you. Yeah. Like a like an Asahi or a Moretti. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just great. What is your favourite beer? Well, I do like a Belgian beer. We're going to Bruges next month, and we uh, I do like a Duval. I like a strong beer. If I'm going to have a beer, I want to have a strong beer. I want to know I've had a beer when I've drunk it. And we go to a place in uh, Bruges called the Gary Bar, and they've got it's like winding steps, oldie worldy. And and you go in there, the locals look at you as if to say, "What are you doing in here?" Because it's down a back street, and you can only have three of these beers because they're like twelve and a half percent each. So you're only allowed three of them. So I do like. A Duval, but the Gary beer, if you're ever in Bruges, is wonderful as well. I've been to Bruges, so it's beer, 
mussels and chocolate. They're their main thing, things over there. No, we got a steakhouse that we found. Uh, I forget the name of it. We know where it is. It's off the beaten track. There's a, a bloke in there. He's got a beard, oldie worldy. He just cooks on. What's he cook on? Logs and on wood. And he you got all your cuts of meat. What do you want? What do you want? All they do is like steak, lamb chops, chips and salad. That's it. With a beer. And it is it's wonderful. We're going there in a couple of weeks. I can't wait. Yeah, I, I actually watched a program some time ago. I can't. It was like a Jamie Oliver and uh, Ramsey went to somewhere like Bruges or Belgium, yeah. and they were actually saying that like a proper beer should be stronger, should be smaller in a smaller yeah, cup. Yeah, yeah. And it's a bit actually unusual to have the pints because pints they they heat up and they're yeah. more watered down. Yeah, yeah. We've got a bit of a culture over here and in certain parts of Europe like Germany where we're necking beers and stuff like that. But really, it should be like a wine. It should be a bit stronger and you should totally. kind of enjoy the taste of it and they should be a bit more darker and heavier. Well, I had some work to do, so I was sitting up the uh, table the other night and I had a duvel. All I, I had all night was two. In the glass, in the duvel glass, and you just sit there, it's just sip. A little sip, like a wine, like what you said. And you enjoy the beer more. Rather than, I hate getting on a beer. You know, we've all done it. One after the other, after the other, after the other. You feel gassed up, you feel bloated. But with the old Belgian beers, they go down nice and smooth. Yeah. So would you say like, you know, not a hobby, but like one of my favourite things to do is to have good food, good beers, good wine, and just being in good company? The most important thing for me is the company. If I go into any restaurant, any party, anyone round, it's got to be the right company. The beer, the food, secondary. To me, anything. It's like, I won't go anywhere where I know I'm not going to enjoy myself. I've got to be with people that I know are going to, Got to make me feel good and I can make them feel good. It's all about the people. Of course it is. Um, okay, boss, where did that come from? Where did that start? Right, well, obviously Tom Skinner says boss on The Apprentice. He's a good friend of ours, Tom, but I don't know if people know it. Hale and Pace, remember Hale and Pace? Comedy duo, the, the management. They're like really, really good. Charlotte's even laughing now. Rings a bell. If anyone gets a chance, go on YouTube, Hale and Pace. They used to do a scene called The Bosch Men. And like me and my mates used to love Hale and Pace back in the day. And they just used to go and go, Bosh. And they saw different types of Bosh, Bosh, like, like talking in Bosh. And uh, we used to say it as kids. And then when Tom Skinner said it on The Apprentice, like my mate rang me up, he said, you used to say that years ago. I said, yeah, I said, remember Hale and Pace and it took you all back. And Bosh, for me, was just by coincidence. I've done a couple of videos with Chinese, a couple of like comedy videos. And uh, one of them, I said, I just went, Bosh, just... Just didn't even think about it. Done a couple of other videos after that and every single comment on Instagram, where's your Bosch? Where's your Bosch? Where's your Bosch? We love the way you say Bosch. So it's the way I say it. And now, I mean, Philip Schofield, he said it. Who's the one that does family fortunes? No, it's Denny. <laughs> <laughs> Not family. Um, you know, we'd have to guess the catchphrase. Who's that? Dermot? No, Dermot O'Leary is another one. Stephen Mowern. He says it. There's a lot of people say it. A lot of footballers are saying it. I mean, I'm getting rugby players. England cricket team asked me to send them a message the other day. They're out in Pakistan. Can you send us a message and say Bosch at the end of it? It's just crazy. I just think people like the way I say it. Look, thousands of people say Bosch. Anyone can say it. The more people say it, the better. But it's just I've got the different variations. And when we was in France, I brought out the Le Bosch and the different countries, Z Bosch, you know. And people love it. I get videos every day with them telling me all their different Boshes. So long may it continue. 
I, I am going to get you to, if, if you wouldn't mind, of course, mm-hmm. don't have to do anything, but I would love you to do different variations of boss, but before I do, so you can have a little bit of thinking time. I don't, um, think, I don't, I don't need thinking time. Um, Roll it on. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've said and been around people, even since I was a kid, even my dad used to say it, and it's almost like, where there's a full stop at the end of a sentence, you use the full stop as a bosh. Yeah. You know, he sort of r- rounds it off. Um, but yeah, going back to my books I've read, I-, I remember reading something once, which is most things in life have been invented and all you've got to do is take what's already invented, make it 10% better and you're going to become very, very successful. You've taken a word that's yeah. been around for ever. Yeah. And you've just made it 10% better and now you're known for it. I've, I have spread it around the universities and that in turn spread it. They've gone home to their mums and dads. I mean, I get middle-aged women sending me their boshes, nans sending me their boshes. And as I say, I said to someone the other day, I said, Henry Ford made the first car, but it didn't stop Ferrari or Mercedes making a better one. Someone will come on and do a better bosh than me. And, and hopefully so. But it's just things progress and progress and progress. So, and, and people do like the variations. They do like the different variations, which is good. Uh, can I hear the different variations? Right, the French Bosch, Le Bosch, Spanish Bosch, what is it, Il Bosch, uh, German Bosch, Sie Bosch, Greek Bosch, Yamas Bosch, uh, Welsh Bosch, Boyle Bosch, Scottish Bosch, Muck Bosch. There's just so many, you know, I can, I've got so many different things coming out with it, it's great. What's your favourite one? I do like Le Bosch. <laughs> I was in, was in the pool in... Uh, South of, not, we was going to the south of France just for three nights and we was in the Jura region in the middle of nowhere, outdoor pool, 35 degrees and I think one of Emmy put the camera in my face and I just went, France, Le Bosch. And people, people love it. The American one's good as well. The Yeebosh. <laughs> they like that one. It's, it's definitely the de- delivery. Sometimes when you do that with the fish, yeah, the fish, the people, people like a, an aggressive bosh. Yeah, you know? yeah, it gets you going. You're like, you, if, if you was having a bad day and you just saw you go bosh, like, you're like, come on, let's have it. Well, it's like my daughter plays a lot of netball and I get took around a lot of netball uh, matches. And <laughs> I, I was watching one, I went, I went netball and then I done a sad bosh. She just went bosh, and people can associate with that as well, you know. It's <laughs> listen, it's just a bit of fun. A lot of people will be watching it and thinking, why don't he shut up? Why don't he shut up? But a lot of people like it, so why they like it, I'll keep on doing it. Yeah, definitely, mate. And I saw you went head to head with your son Johnny Fisher to try and do the different variations easy, of boss. Easy work, easy work. God, you took him out in no time. Easy work. These amateurs have got to. Uh, know their levels he's not bad love is he he knows how to pull a he's few all right. he's alright he's good at it yeah Johnny's good like we, when we do the personal appearances when he's not training he comes with me because he, he can't believe the people like when they see you they're sort of in awe of you and it's, it's great you know and he's, they just can't believe it so it's, it's all part of the fun I love uh, when you went head to head almost with uh, your Instagram getting to 100,000 followers I, I've got written down today you're on 106,000 which is which is phenomenal amount and um yeah, he made a really funny video about you being more famous than him. Tell, tell us a bit more about that. It's Jake, Jake from Brain Company, they do Johnny's Media. Henry had middle son works for them as well. Um, we was All of a sudden, Johnny was like 10, 15,000 followers in front of me. And, and rightly so. Do you know what I mean? I'm not one of these dads that thinks, oh, I'm better than my son, blah, blah, blah. But all of a sudden, we had a couple of viral videos on Instagram. And I, my followers were going up 150 every hour. Bang, 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 bang for like two, three weeks. So I caught up to him within like a thousand and we, we just thought we'd make a bit of fun over it. But when he'd done that video, it upped his followers as well. So I caught him and then he got in front of me and he kept, and then I caught him and then he got in front of me, but I've blown him out of the water again now. So uh, 
Listen, Who, who's winning now? He's on 100,000, I'm on 106. But oh, well done. Trust me, he'll be the first one past 200,000, 300,000, 400,000. But it's nice to beat your uh, son who's a professional heavyweight boxer to something. So uh, it's about the only thing I can beat him. Yeah. Right and I know it wasn't calculated as far as like the business side of it, but organically, it's been a very good business move because at the end of the day, your son is a prize fighter. And when you work it all down, it's about the amount of followers that you've got to go and see you fight. And therefore, that's how you get paid. And you've done it in a really fun, jovial kind of way. Listen, nothing was ever planned. Nothing. Me being on TikTok, me being Chinese, Bosch, none of it was ever, ever planned. So it's happened organically, as you say. And Johnny's obviously part of that as well. And, and we're all interlinked. So if I can help him, he can help me. It's great. You know, I mean, when we was in Sheffield, when we was at Wembley Arena, the support that he gets is, is a crazy. You know, it's, it's just unbelievable and he's had seven fights so if we can keep going but again organically you're not going to force anyone to follow you or like Johnny people follow him because they like him they appreciate what he does and he's I know he's my son but he's a he's a real good man you know I, I feel honoured to call him my friend as well as my son because of the man that he is and people can see that do you know what I mean so long Mac, long Mac continue as I say I'm a sideshow he's the important one he's so, the important one so let's talk about boxing yep um as a f no, not as a father, because it because the emotion of being a father can actually sometimes derail like some other thinking. So just as a person that knows him, trying to take you away from being a father, how far can Johnny Fisher go as a pro heavyweight? Listen, um, I understand boxing. It's the hardest sport in the world. You know, he's got power. He's got dedication. He lives the right life. So if you've got them ingredients, and he learns and he listens. Got them ingredients. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, yeah, he's going to be a world champion. He can progress his way up. Hopefully, one day, get a British title fight. If you win that, then you can see where you can go. But I've, I've seen him spar in America. I've seen him spar over against all top, all top guys. And I know sparring's not fighting, but he holds his own and he gives a bit back. So if you can do that, and, but it's up to him. He's got to carry on with the right mindset. He's got to carry on living the right life. And as long as he does that, there's nothing going to stop him get him where he wants to get. And if you get to somewhere and you come up against someone who's better than you on a day or you get beat, that's fine. As long as you give it your all, as long as you give everything you can. Yeah. I think the reason why people resonate with you, your son, is because you're authentic. You are who you are. I mean, I've seen you on social media and I've, I've been in your company now for a good half an hour, 45 minutes. And your character is exactly the same as it is online, which yeah. is great. But it's quite rare to see because sometimes a person's got a persona when they're in office, the persona when they're at home, persona when they're on social media. And it's, I don't want to call it a fake lifestyle because sometimes you need to change your personality a little bit in order to promote yourself, I guess. But you, you are authentic. Another person that is very authentic that I know has shouted you out a few times is Mr. Tyson Fury. Yeah. What's, um, I've never met him. I've seen him before. He's a big fella. What's, what's he like? He's, listen, he, he gave Johnny time. Johnny sparred with him for a couple of weeks up in Morecambe. I've met him a couple of times. Obviously, spoke to him a lot on social media. There was one time we were speaking every day, but obviously he's a professional fighter. So when he's got fight camps and that, you know when to, when to engage, when not to engage. But from what I've seen of him and what the time he's given to Johnny, a wonderful man, you know, and a normal man. As you say, what you see is what you get. And people say, oh, he says this, he says that. But it's just him being himself. He's always being himself 
from what I can see. And I mean, the ability the man's got, what he puts himself through on a daily basis, he doesn't need to. He's got hundreds of millions of pounds in the bank, but he chooses to. And I've got nothing but respect for Tyson Fury, nothing at all. Yeah, the same here. And he's an inspirational story, you know, yeah, from, totally. from what you know, he's done. From, from beating Klitschko and then going on the downward spiral, what he did. I mean, he was as big as me. If I need inspiration, you know what I mean? It's just look at Tyson. I'm not going to say I'm going to get to his levels of fitness, but you can look at someone like him and get inspiration. But he's got time for everyone as well. Johnny went up there, sparred him, him and his dad they had time for him. It's not like, you know, you know, like uh, he's at the top of his, his sport. And I could just imagine if you had a young footballer going to a top top footballer, they they very few of them would give the same sort of time as what he's done. Heavyweight champion of the world. And he's talking to Johnny, giving Johnny advice, who's a, just a novice, you know? It's, it's unheard of. Mm. But boxers generally are like that. But Tyson is more so because he's he appreciates what Johnny's doing. He appreciates the family side of it. And it's great. It's just great to be associated with him. When you watch the uh, sparring with Tyson Fury and your, your son, like... The reason why I ask you this is, I, you know, I've boxed, I've had 16 fights and I've told this story a few times. I've gone to watch fights live and it's, I don't know, there's something about watching a fight live to actually watching really good sparring, there is a big difference. And when I went down at the Boothold Gym, the old hay- haymaker, when he used to um, promote and manage George Groves, I watched George Groves spar four guys back to back. I think it was preparing for James DeGaulle. Yeah. So he was still at the British level, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't sort of world level. And I've got to tell you, I was absolutely in awe with him. I'm thinking, this guy is like a superhero. He is, what the things that he was doing, I just couldn't believe. I thought it was incredible. So my question to you is, you've seen a lot of boxing. You've watched your son box. You've, you've probably been around countless amount of high profile names in the boxing division. What was he like when you were watching him spar? Well, listen, when he sparred Tyson, I didn't go. I dropped him off. I was invited to, but I'm a dad that believes Johnny's there. You don't need your dad there all the time. So he sparred Tyson, but Johnny obviously tells you everything. And what he said there, Tyson was in with like three or four. Johnny got in in the middle. And Johnny said he was watching the other sparring partners and they was literally just trying to survive. Just just jab, move, jab, move. And Johnny had it in his mind when he gets in there, he's got to make an impression. And he said when Johnny got in there, he had a right go at Tyson. You know, and, and Johnny said it's the hardest spy he's ever had. But when he got out, John Fury come up to him and said, I'm really impressed with you. So you've got to make them impressions. But I have seen Johnny spar Joe Joyce out in Vegas when Joe was preparing for the Parker fight. I've seen him spar countless times with Joe. But there was something different in that Vegas training camp. I mean, at, at the fight, Joe Joyce, Joe Parker, I was sitting behind Tyson Fury. He's cheering for Joe Parker, who's a top bloke, by the way. And we was cheering for Joe Joyce. But I saw that sparring in Las Vegas between Joe Joyce and Johnny, different levels that I've never, ever seen before in either of them. And people were like, slagging Joe Joyce off, oh, he's not going to do this, he's not going to do that. And I thought, you haven't seen what I've seen. You know, he's a different level. I'm not saying he's quite at Tyson's level, but I think he's the only one that gives Tyson a a real tough fight. But I saw something in Johnny as well. It was Carlos Takam, Johnny and Joe Joyce. And the sparring was just unreal much harder than any fight Johnny's ever had and probably ever likely to have for a good couple of years. They call it pay-per-view sparring, don't they? I said to, like my wife said, Charlotte, I left her in the hotel. I went to like this downtown Vegas, rough as you like, proper gym, Ishmael Salas. And I was, I just felt like saying, people would pay a million dollars to watch what I've watched. 
you know, and, and to be in that environment. And I'm lucky enough, I've seen Johnny Spar, Fabio Wardley, Daniel Dubois, you know, to name a few top, top guys and, and really top, top men as well. And Johnny's only learning off of these people all the time. The shape of boxing now, today, how do you see it? Where do you see it going? Do you think, do you think, do you think it's in a good place or do you think it needs to evolve? Being honest, as always being honest, you've got the YouTube boxing coming up, which I haven't got a problem with if people want to pay to watch something. But the last few fights I think have been atrocious. A lot of them. You know, if you got an amateur gym, before they put you in, you either have skills bad or they make sure you're ready to box. A lot of these YouTuber boxers should not be anywhere near a boxing ring. Not all of them, because some of them are pretty good and some of them dedicate themselves. So I'm not saying totally, but they should have to go through a process before they can get in the ring and say they're boxed because a lot of them don't deserve that title. But boxing itself can't moan about the YouTube boxing until it gets its own house in order. You know, like I'm going to speak truthfully. I was at the, the fight on Saturday night. Um, Dillian White, he had his fight and Fabio Waldi had the British title fight. And on the same night, you had a matchroom show, you had a Frank Warren show. And on the Sunday night, you had a, a boxer show. Now, all three arenas were probably quarter empty because you're saturating, you know, the promoters, get your egos out of the way, get together, put on a good show weeks throughout the year so you can utilise the fan base. Boxing's got to start thinking of itself rather than thinking, oh, we're better than everyone else. Start working together a little bit more, getting the best fights on. We want to see Fury of the AJ. We want to see all the top fights for all the different weight ranges. But it won't happen until the different promoters and companies start working more together. Who wins that then? Tyson Fury, AJ? Listen, again, AJ, never met him before. Met him on Saturday night. And I spoke to him. He was as good as gold to Johnny. Looked him in the eyes. I could see a genuine man in there. A lot of people give him bad press. First time I've ever met him. I don't think you can talk about someone until you've met him. It was great meeting him. I felt honoured to meet him. But AJV uh, Joshua, uh, Fury versus Joshua, Fury for me, I think. I think Fury beats anyone at the moment, but Joshua gives him a good fight as well. Yeah, I truly believe yeah. that as well. I met AJ before and uh, he was preparing for... Who was the guy that knocked out uh, Dillian White and then he came back and beat him? Uh, Povetkin. Povetkin. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I met yeah. him. So he was he was uh, he was weighing in at the uh, BDC Business Design Centre in Angel, and I met uh, yeah. AJ there because my missus used to run the events out. And I remember coming over to me, fist pumped me, just fist pumped. Honestly, I felt my hand was like, oh my god, that was like a bloody car crash on my my hand. Like he is a massive, massive guy. So he's got the power, but I think Tyson Fury is just too much of a boxer. Listen, it was an honour to meet him because you hear a lot of bad press, but I'm a believer until I meet him myself. You can have an opinion on boxing. You know, that's what it's all about. You should be able to talk about what you think. But it was just, you could tell genuine warmth from him towards me and William, my youngest son was with me. He wanted to shake his hand. He didn't have to do that. You know, he don't have to bother about saying hello to me or saying hello to William, and he did. So top, you know, Fair play to him, but I've just got to say, like, when you meet him in person, Tyson Fury in person, Joe Joyce in person, they're monsters of men. They're huge. Yeah. You know, I'm a big man. William's a big man. Johnny's a big man, but these are huge. Yeah, they're know? massive. Massive and people. So be nice to them when you see them. You won't want to upset them. <laughs> I did see, actually, a post, I think, some time ago, but I can't exactly remember it, um, talking about the YouTubers, Jake, Jake Paul. Yeah. He obviously fought Addison Silva. What was your take on that? Listen, I, I don't really... I know Jake Paul can fight. 
you know, he's trainer BJ Flores, he's good friends with Johnny. And I know Jake Paul can actually fight, but it's too much, it's too much talking, you know, again, even in that, get the fights on, get them done. But top respect to Jake Paul because they're bringing people into boxing that wouldn't normally be there. And as I say, boxing can't moan because if you're putting shows on in front of half empty stadiums and the YouTubers are putting them on in front of full stadiums, you're doing, you know, we've got to learn from these people. Yeah. What do you think happens? Like, God forbid it happens, touch wood, it never happens, a YouTuber dies. Yeah, that's, that's, that, listen, any boxer can die, right? Any boxer can die, but with professional boxing, you go through rigorous tests, you know, your trainer knows uh, it can happen and God forbid it doesn't happen anymore, but it's got more chance with his YouTube boxing because 70% of them should not be anywhere near a boxing ring. You can't disrespect that boxing ring and what goes on inside it. And this is what I feel is happening at the moment. So have a, have a process where they've got to be vetted, got to go to an amateur club for six months, have a couple of amateur fights until you're ready. Don't get in that ring properly. Yeah, for sure. So your son, uh, Johnny Fisher, what's next for him? Because I know he fought recently. Yeah, he fought in, uh, when was it? Four weeks ago, Wembley Arena. A uh, good win against tough, tough bloke. You know, people, first round stoppage, people probably think, oh, it's an easy opponent. He's not. David Adelaide took five rounds to beat him and he was standing on his feet when he beat him. Johnny knocked him, put him out, you know, good performance. They had a, ma a meeting with Matchroom a couple of days ago, five fights next year. First one in February, going to have two or three in London, one definitely either in Vegas, New York or Dubai. And then one probably up north as well in this country because we like to keep, you know, got a lot of supporters up north. So it's good to go and uh, fight in Sheffield, Leeds, Manchester, Newcastle, and places like that. Definitely. So your own goals then, mate, over the next, you know, five years, 10 years. I know you've got your own business. I know you've got your 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 your, your TikTok, Instagram, and your social media following. Where, where do you see yourself over the next few years? Well, in the next hour, eating that Chinese and then going to the Guinea Grill with my wife because I'm starving. Um, listen, as long as I'm where I am, I haven't got, I'm not a greedy man. As long as I've got a roof over my head, my family around me, can earn some money, can have a couple of holidays a year, I'm happy. You know, I'm not a greedy person any way, shape or form, but you've just got to keep doing what you're doing. Just keep, you know, just keep trying to keep things going. That's all we've got to do. Definitely. I've got my event on the 21st of December, so you both are welcome. And so is obviously that. Johnny. Johnny really said he's going to have, have, have a look. I'd love you guys to be there. I've got one more question for you before we both tuck into the Chinese. Lovely. Uh, which is, um, when, I, when I started my first brand when I was younger and I got into business for myself, it was in sales. And predominantly, most of the, the people working there as salespeople were, were men. Yeah. So it was like an alpha-driven kind yeah. of, um, you know, company. And to keep them in check and to keep them motivated, I come up with a bit of a mantra, a company mantra, and this is how it goes. Be happy, never content. Yeah. Now, I've got my own interpretation of that, but if I were to ask Big John, what does be happy, never content mean to you? Well, be happy means, that saying to me means be happy, don't be, don't be down, enjoy your life, but never be satisfied with what you've got. Keep, keep aspiring. That's what yeah. I think that means. Keep, keep striving for more. That's what, that's what I think that means. Exactly that. Yeah. Thank you for your time, mate. Thank um, you. I hope everyone enjoyed the episode. Please subscribe. Please follow this man if you're probably, you're probably already doing it. Um, be happy, never content. And I'll It's a great look. saying, by the way. Thank yeah. you very much. Can yeah. you say that to my wife? Be happy. Be happy, <laughs> never content. Yeah. Well, yeah. Be, I think she's never happy, never content. <laughs> look, All right. Give me dirties now. Top, yeah. top man. Thank Bosh. you very much. Bosh. Thank All you right. very much. Top man. Thank you. Cheers.